0: What happens when two parent
1: coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to the laundry room. Kira and Dina here from Raising Adults Podcast. And if you're new, welcome. We record this in my laundry room, quite literally. I'm next to a dryer. (laughs) Um, So we're really happy to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. We are going to talk about a very important thing today. And it's something, we just ran this um, seven-day detox. Detox your parenting in seven days. It was absolutely epically awesome. So amazing. I got a ton out of it, and I was co-running it. So that was kind of (laughs) cool. Isn't that great? Um, But one of the things that came up, Just over and over and over again in this group is that morning routine and how tricky it can be Mm -hmm. to get out the door, especially if kids aren't listening. You've got your own self to get ready. You've got lunches to pack. Um, So we thought, you know what? Let's do a whole episode on helping our FFPs figure out their morning routine. And some of you may have a morning routine down pat. Congratulations to you. That is fantastic. Um, This These ideas can still apply to any other kind of routine that might not be working for you. Um, So we're going to talk about that today. (laughs) It's such a common topic, and
0: it is a pain point for many people. How do you get everyone out the door at the same time with all their pieces of clothing on, with all the things they need to bring with them, and with your sanity
1: still intact?
0: Not an easy
1: task. (laughs) No. So I would assume, you and I actually haven't talked about this, but I would assume that When your kids were small, because this is really about littles, right? Like teens at a certain point, you're like, if you can't get yourself out the door. We have a whole
0: different issue.
1: (laughs) So with your littles, I assume that you had a pretty cohesive morning routine. Oh, yes. Yeah. I happen to have a very cohesive and happy morning routine as well. So I feel like we really are in a position today to share some wisdom. Um, So let's hear your why. Why was having this good morning routine essential to your sanity. I have a selfish why and a selfless why.
0: My selfish why is that I am an orderly person who really thrives on routine and structure. And so for me, it's actually critical that I get my day off kind of on the right foot, so to speak. And for me, the morning really sets the tone for that. And I do think morning routine has the potential for setting a positive or a negative tone to the day. So for myself, because I need routine, this is the way to just do that right out of the gate, which is frankly selfish because it's about how I'm wired and isn't really taking anyone else into account, let's <laughs> be honest. But the selfless reason and, and what I wanted for my children was for them to see that processes And routines actually do help things go more smoothly when we're not just doing something random over here. And then that reminds us of something over here. And that the cohesiveness that a routine can bring and that structure can bring and also how much peace that brought, because then we weren't in chaos and yelling and frustration, that it was a worthwhile thing to show them about life. It made me feel like I'm going to do them a service by showing them how some simple structure and routine can really lower stress levels and lower chaos. And then they can carry that into other areas of their life as they grow.
1: Yeah, I love that. I also had a selfish and a selfless, although maybe they're both selfish. It's quite possible. (laughs) Depends how you look at it. So my first why was exactly what you said, that I am an orderly person, I like structure, and I'm a much better mom when I feel like things are in order. So I knew that not only would that make me feel good, but it was just going to translate to them. They were going to benefit from me feeling like things were on track. Um, But the other one, which you could kind of look at as selfless or selfish, I don't know, it's a little on the fence, Um, is that I knew from when they were born, that my goal was going to be to be slowly handing over responsibility more and more. We talked about this on the chores episode. I really wanted them by the time they were you know, teenagers to be true active participants in our home, possibly even earlier. And so for me, the morning routine was an opportunity to start handing stuff off. Slowly but surely, they became, whether they realized it or not, more and more in charge of how we got out the door, and that was a slow burn. And so now they really know when I say, okay, morning routine, they know what that means. Mm -hmm. They know what it includes. Yeah, Yeah, and because it was important that I could one day not have to be in charge of that. For them anymore. So
0: smart. I mean, this is it, right? We've said it before. You're working yourself out of a job if you're doing it well. And a piece of that is delegating things over time and having them take ownership of it. Oh, well, that's actually my job. I don't rely on mom to do that for me anymore. So huge point. I'm glad you said that. I don't think that's selfish. I think that's actually doing them a service as well. I vote selfless. (laughs)
1: Thank you.
0: If my vote counts,
1: I like it. Um, So I want to make sure that we talk about kind of what we did to set up a, a good, a healthy, functioning morning routine, both of us, you and I. Um, but I also want to speak to a few of the pitfalls that at least we encountered along the way and okay. how we handled them to continue encouraging that ownership and not fall into a rut of doing it for them. Because we had a couple little things come up
0: that mm-hmm. are worth
1: mentioning. So I just want to like preface this by saying I want to make sure we cover that's really both smart. of
0: those. No, that's good. So... Uh, just three things that I want to say about what we did do and I felt we did well. One was I very quickly had lists that I wasn't responsible for. And what I mean by that is instead of me being the verbal list, did you dot, 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 and then a few minutes later, okay, now did you dot, 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 and now did you fill in the blank? I wanted very quickly to hand off them being able to look at something that was akin to a checklist that they could say to themselves, oh, I've done that, I've done that, etc. So even before I had readers, we used pictures. And so there was a picture of clothing so they knew to get dressed. There was a picture of a bed so they knew to make their bed, things like that. So that was something I felt went well is they had something they could refer to. They weren't having to check in with me. And I wasn't conversely having to check in with them about whether things happened. So that was one thing. And like I said, pre-readers can even start with that. You can have pictures we had one on their door of their bedroom. So they even knew like before I leave the room, here's what needs to happen. And then we had one downstairs for what needed to happen downstairs before we left the house. The second thing, and I I will admit for us, this came after experiencing some rushed mornings. The second thing we did well after a pitfall. <laughs> so here's my first pitfall was building a buffer of time so that I knew even if everything went totally wrong, we'd at least be on time. If everything went great, we'd probably be early. And that was really helpful because I also, coming back to this know your kids thing, I had one where transitions were really difficult. Mm -hmm. And this child needed a lot of warning. Okay, now 10 minutes until shoes. Now five minutes until shoes. If I just suddenly said time to put shoes on, there was probably going to be a total meltdown. So I learned very early to build this buffer of time in. And I think that was really positive. And the third thing, which actually kind of glued it all together, was about tone. And so I really worked, and and I'm saying that word intentionally, I worked at it because I've outed myself on the show before that for me a lot of times what I say is okay and how I say it isn't great. And so with the morning, because that would be a pain point, kind of a pressure point for me of I like routine, I like order, I want it done in the right way at the right time. I knew there was a potential for me to get frustrated if it didn't go that way. And so I worked from the start to always speak really calmly about the morning and to switch from you to I statements. So let me give an example of that. So instead of letting myself escalate and saying, well, I need you to do da-da-da, I learned to say here's what I'm doing, I'm now at the point where I'm getting ready to brush my teeth. That tells you we're about five minutes from getting in the car. So you might wanna ask yourself, what needs to happen for you to be ready to get in the car in five minutes? And I can just say it in a more calm way, but with talking about what I've got going on. Also that thing I said a moment ago, even though it was an example of not nice tone, was it is helpful to be honest about, it's really you that needs that. So I learned to say, I need you to get your coat on. Because they might not feel like the coat is a need. It's really interesting how many parents say, you need to do this. You need to do that. To them, they might feel like, I need to play Legos right now. Okay, this is super important. I'm building an empire. (laughs) And so to be really real about, here's what I need from you so we can get out the door and not placing that on them because their wants and needs are important, too. So it's just like a slight little vocabulary way to honor that. And to just admit what you need. So three things we did, the, the list and having them in charge of that as soon as possible, watching my tone, and giving that buffer of time.
1: I love all of that. And I I love that you mentioned the buffer because I think it's a pitfall a lot of parents fall into. You know, we when we have kids, like, we just can't expect that we're going to get anywhere in the same amount of time that we did before. This was one of the side benefits of having twins. Mm-hmm. It was like I had to allow for the double poop. The double <laughs> poop... Could happen at any time. So I always left an extra 20 minutes, enough time to change both diapers. And I was often early for things because of that. But again, it's such a mental reframe when we realize we're ahead of the game and we feel empowered than when we feel constantly behind the eight ball.
0: So here's a question you can ask yourself, FFPs. Ask yourself, how long should this take? And then the more important follow-up question, but how long could it take? Yes. And go with the could it take? Because you might know, well, really, if it's running smoothly, it should only take 20 minutes. Yeah, probably going to not be on the side of how long it should take for a while until you really get into this routine. So leave the how long could it take as an option for
1: yourself. Absolutely. The double poop. That's the best. You just never know when that's going to hit. Um, okay, so what we did, very similar. The buffer was huge. I always allowed an enormous buffer. Um, the second thing that we did was, um, you're going to love this. We had little fun, ac- not acronyms, but like wordy things. Oh. So, for example, um, my kids, we still have it, the four S's. I Before do love we the leave four. the house, we have the four S's. We put on our socks, our shoes. We grab a snack. We have a snuggle. Give mom a snuggle if they want. Um, Okay, it's time for your four S's. And it makes it easy for them to remember what to do. It makes it fun. It's not like you need to do this, this, and this. Mm. It's four S's time. Um, and they can kind of cycle through it really easily. And I got a snuggle out of it, which is right? fantastic. That's positive. Um, so that was one thing that we did really, really early on was kind of just try and make it fun. Um, And then we called it your morning routine. So they have a morning routine, which they still do, which involves, you know, brushing their teeth and making their bed and getting dressed. Um, And then we have our S's, which is how we get out the door. Um, And then we have our evening routine. And so they kind of know what's involved in each of those because we built in that slow burn of helping them understand, like, here are our S's. And then for a week, it was like our S's. Let's do our socks. Let's do our shoes. Let's get our snack. Let's have our snuggle, you know, and you're kind of like inching along like a snail through Mm -hmm. it the first week. But then they know what those things mean. Um, So that was the second thing that we did. And then the third thing that we did is we really um, encouraged them to like if they were struggling with this, we made a positive reward system. So. Uh, one of my kids r- struggles more than the other with getting a series of directions and finds, like, more than one or two things a little overwhelming. So we had this little – we still have it downstairs as I speak – little puffball jar. So it's like a glass jar with those little puffballs. Mm. And so every time this kid crushed their morning routine and got every single step right without me having to double-check anything, they got a puffball. And working toward earning a movie night that they really want. Mm. Um, And so it was that feeling of succeeding. Like, I crushed it. I got everything right. High five. Get a puff ball. Um, So trying to really reward when it was going right. And then the last thing we did is I taught my children very, very early. It was a happenstance. It was not a choice. It was a lucky thing. Um, we taught them what the word rhetorical means because <laughs> um, I found I'm a, I, I'm a questioner, right? So I often will ask questions that I'm not looking for an answer to. <laughs> so, you know, um, do you want to put your shoes on now? Like, why ask? Why do I do that? And so very early on, I taught them what a rhetorical question is. And so now they will often, if I ask a question, often they'll be like, was that a rhetorical question? (laughs) And most of the time it is, but sometimes it's not. Um, So just helping kind of letting them in on sometimes I'm going to present something to you and it's not negotiable, essentially, is what I was trying to impart, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does. And
0: you made me think of something. So I'm so glad that I'm so glad for this back and forth because then it gives me light bulbs. So another encouragement or just tip I have for parents is that especially if you have younger ones who you know are going to need your help, there is a way, a very, I wouldn't say, you know, we talk about the difference between simple and easy. It's simple. I don't know if it's easy. You might not love it. But there is a simple way to help not have your frustration rise if your children need help in the morning, if they're before that age of doing a lot of things independently and that is our goal, like we said, is you're slowly handing off things, but it might be that you've tried to hand off things too soon. And if you're seeing that and like, oh, they really still need my help, or we still need some assistance with lunches or shoes or what have you, then I encourage parents and it's a little more work on the front end, but it's proactive. So we like proactive is get yourself ready as much as you can the night before. And you can also employ your kids in getting them ready. You can lay out outfits for them and things like that the night before. But if you aren't feeling like, well, but I still have to get myself ready for work, you it does take down the frustration of having to help the kids get ready for wherever they're headed. And I just know that was a help to me. So I wanted to offer it. If I knew, you know what, what I needed to have happen, happened. So now I make myself available to help my children with what they need to get done. It was game changing rather than having All of us try to get ready simultaneously, if that makes sense, especially because I was a single mom. I had no extra pair of hands in the morning. So if I'm trying to get two little people out the door and myself, it just didn't go very well.
1: Yeah. And I think you can either do it the night before or you could also just get up a few minutes earlier. I do that a lot. I still do that on days like this morning. We were on the news. I knew I had to get up just that extra bit early because I didn't want to feel stressed getting ready. I wanted to feel like I had all the time in the world. And so it might be that even just for a short time, you're doing that as you're transitioning into securing your morning routine. So let's talk really quickly about pitfalls and Mm -hmm. like when things go wrong when they're not doing it. So I shared the puffball jar that's a great way to help get kids back on track it's also a great way when you're first implementing if you don't really have a solid routine yet and you're like oh I want to do that that's a great way to help them get on board and get celebrating that Um, something I did I did this right away but I often when I'm coaching clients that are like oh my gosh our morning routine how do I get it in in intact this is a great way to fix your morning routine if it's a mess so my kids um got 30 minutes of television in the morning and I loved it because it would be when I did my hair and brushed my teeth and Mm -hmm. packed their lunch and blah 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 they don't anymore because they don't need it but at the time it was not only so that that all those things could happen it was also so that there was some currency at play and so my kids did not get their morning show until they had completed their morning routine so i actually sometimes will coach clients and say is there a little currency that you could start offering in the mornings once they've completed their routine especially if you have kids that like dilly dally Mm -hmm. and they're like they know they have to get dressed but it takes them 45 minutes because they're working on their empire yes they're (laughs) dawdling you know or whatever it is building that if you then say you know if if you've already are doing a morning show as an example because i can't believe how many people i work with and i hear this they're like oh we do the morning show and it's not a privilege. It's just a given. Let's make it a privilege. Mm -hmm. Like You just don't get it. And if you run out of time, that is so unfortunate. But that was your choice to dawdle. And I can't offer you the show anymore. And that can be such a great way to get kids on board because they're like, oh, I want my privilege. I want my currency. So I'm going to make sure I get my routine done in Mm -hmm. order to get us ready to go.
0: Absolutely. Oh, so smart. Uh, Another thing is to And I don't know if this is so much a pitfall, although it might be a pitfall that spurs a change, because I know it was for us. A pitfall we had was, again, I had one who struggled with transition. And so there were a few times where this child wasn't ready on time. But it was so important to me. I was viewing it as a reflection on me. It was so important that this child came dressed and ready to school that then all of us were late. So that was really impacting everybody, which also isn't kind. And one of the values in our home was kindness and that we care about others' needs and wants, not just our own. And I've shared this story before, so I won't belabor it, but it was game changing. And we've talked about these just natural consequences. It was game changing the the time that I actually brought this child to school in their pajamas. And then they didn't get to participate in some of the fun things at school. And it never, literally never happened again. But I was able in that moment then to send the message that it's really not fair to make everyone else late. So we're going to leave on time. But as a result, you're leaving on time, not quite ready.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think, and I know you would agree, you're going to wait quite some time before you pull out the big guns like that. Absolutely. But as parents, as we say all the time, sometimes it's okay to be the parent. And if that even feels like, I mean, I agree with you. I actually have done that. But for some parents, even just having a change of clothes in the car for the last second, Mm-hmm. so that the child thinks that this is going to go down and then you're like I'm not ready to do it yet yeah i'm going to i'm going to rescue you this time but I won't be rescuing you next time. And that
0: part is so key, and I didn't mention it, so thank you, is this always has to come with a heads up. You can't just one day pull your kid off to kindergarten in their jams, right? It has to be over time. You know, I'm really noticing you're having trouble getting ready and completing your tasks in the morning, and I need you to know if that continues to happen or whatever your rule is. If it becomes a pattern, if it happens three times, three strikes, you're out, then you will have to go to school in your pajamas. So they know that that's coming, and they get the opportunity to right the ship and avoid. It. They deserve that opportunity. So you don't just spring this on them. Thank you for mentioning. Oh, that. yeah. No,
1: I knew. I knew that. I mean, that's how I did it too, but worth saying. Um, and then we had the same thing. We had the same thing, period. And then <laughs> we also had that was with one. And then we had with the other one, super funsies in kindergarten kept forgetting their backpack and their lunch was in their backpack. Oh. And so I, you know, Bailed this child out a couple of times. I think I bailed them out two or three times. And then I said, you know what? I have now saved you three times. I am going to allow one more. And after that, I'm not going to bring it. And I just want to warn you, that means you might be hungry because you won't have lunch. You'll have to eat the hot lunch. And this child happens to be a picky eater. Um, So the lunch was available. It wasn't like there wasn't food available. But, you know, this is going to be the natural consequence. And so it happened again. And I messaged the teacher and I explained, you know, I'm a parent who parents with natural consequences. This has been going on for some time. Here's been the lead up. I would really love your support today to let this child know that I love them and I care about them and that, you know, this is just one of the ways that I do a good job of parenting them is making sure that they understand that their choices have consequences. Um, And the teacher was amazing and totally on board. Um, And guess what? This child never forgot their backpack again. Isn't that
0: so true? I mean, it was the same thing. I had great communication with the teacher when I brought my child in pajamas and said, you know, if you could support me on having this maybe be a little bit unpleasant. And, and again, it wasn't anything punitive or yucky. It was things like not getting to help with the calendar, you know, little privileges in the classroom. And when you get and this is what we love, too, is when you can have other people who are part of of your team of adults who work with your children. Let them in on what you're thinking and what you're doing. And by and large, they're going to be super supportive. And it's so great when that can happen. But I would agree. If you can remove yourself from the rescuing role over time and bailing out your child from errors or forgetting you're actually doing them such a service because in the world if they forget things or sleep in you know, that has to that has to fall on them mm-hmm. and the actually the sooner they learn that the better so it is okay to have there be some grace we all make mistakes i mean even adults forget things sometimes or oversleep or what have you i would not suggest you know bringing down the hammer the first time but I do think that it's so important to slowly remove ourselves and let the weight of that come. And and you know what's so fun is when you're a parent who does set boundaries and, and your children know that you mean it, then they're also pleasantly surprised at how well you just love them because I had this happen just last week. So everybody knows about my three strikes. You're out with the waking up. I've talked about it. I really expect my children to get up to their alarm and – I will come and save the day and wake you two times per trimester. On the third time, I'm going to go and I will leave you. And it only happened once, as so many of these things, right? When they really experience it, it's like, oh, that's not going to happen again. But guess what? My son is now a driver. And for the first time last week, I got a call when school had been going for almost an hour. And he said, Mom, I'm just leaving for school. I overslept. And here's what was so cool about this. I didn't think that was cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we had a chat. But he came back to me later and said, I've been nervous all day. What is my consequence going to be? And I was able to say, you know what, Mark? It's only happened once. Even grown ups sometimes oversleep and we make mistakes. What I'm hoping is it's an anomaly. If it becomes a pattern, we'll have to have a different conversation. And he was so relieved because he knew I was a parent who meant what I said and you get to school on time and he knows what an importance we place on education. I talk a lot about their job right now is to be a student and yet he was able to see how there is room there's grace too everybody makes mistakes and what we're what we're wanting to avoid is children who make a habit of sloppy and irresponsible behavior it doesn't mean there's not room for a mistake
1: right and that is so important and i think at least for my my like personality type i can lean a little bit rigid Um, Oh, yes, (laughs) me too. Um, And so we've had a couple times when this is – but this is what I love about my kids and what I would like to take a little bit of credit for and say that, we know, we created a space of dialogue in our home. I've had my kids a couple times say, you know, Mom, I would really like a second chance. Could I get a second chance? And that's been a great reminder mm-hmm. to me, like, you know what? Thank you for asking me that and asking me kindly and respectfully. Yes, you know what? You're ra- you're absolutely right. Let's give you that second chance. But I do want to let you know there won't be a third. Um, and that's been really, really great in our house as well. So, yes. Um, so, I just want to speak really quickly before we finish up about if you have late risers, because I have early risers. Mm-hmm. I don't know about yours when they were little. Combo pack, one of each. Oh, fun. Okay. Well, mine are up at Sparrow's Fart. So, there. <laughs> They're very early risers. And so I'm not going to lie. I'm aware that contributes to us having a pretty peaceful morning because we have a lot of time in the mornings, but not everyone does. So I think it goes back to what you said a little while ago, which is don't be afraid to actually start your morning routine in the evening. It is okay if you know that you have kids who wake up like, you know, 20 minutes before they got to get out the door. It's okay to encourage them to start thinking about what are you going to need in the morning? to get your routine done as quickly as possible so we can get out the door and move that routine into the evening.
0: I love that. and. There's there's even more there that you can piggyback on, but this is so key. What can you what can you shift to the evening? Also, if you have it as an option and you know, I've got a child who really needs 10 hours of sleep at night, can you scoot bedtime earlier? Now, that's not going to be doable for everyone with activities or where your dinner falls or if one parent is getting home from work later and you really like to sit down to dinner as a family. I'm not saying that works for everyone, but if you can, look at that. So the same amount of sleep can still be had while getting up earlier. However, if that's not an option, do what Kara just said, move the routine and just scoot it to the night before and and couch this in love you know what I want you to be able to get as much sleep as you need so I want the morning to go well for you so how can we move some things so then you can still sleep and let them know the alternative if they're old enough otherwise I am gonna have to start waking you earlier and we've noticed that then everybody's a little more cranky and just it's okay as kids especially move into grade school they can start to see consequences of different actions like wow when we wake up earlier, we're not so pleasant. When we get enough sleep, it goes a lot differently. Mom wants me to be able to get enough sleep so it can be pleasant, so I'm more willing than to shift some things tonight or do some things at a different time. I think that's brilliant. I just always like to say, I'm, as you all know, I'm a sleep person. So if you can find a way to get the same amount of sleep and shift, do it, but it's just not possible for everyone so I want to acknowledge that
1: no absolutely and I think this is really a question of what works for your family so for 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 me like I I'm more willing to get up early than I am to stay up late so I don't like it when morning stuff bleeds into the night before that actually feels terrible to me um, and is one of the reasons that the fact that my kids get up early is really helpful for us works for us but I'm aware not every family as you said works that way and so if you are more of a late-to-bed family, then not being afraid to just own that. We're a late-to-bed and late-to-rise. That's yes. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. How can we make that still work in your favor? Yes,
0: and there are ways to do it. So this is all about that piece, too, of being being flexible and being customizable. We want it to work for your people. And so you you know what your family is like. Are you more nightingales or are you more larks, you know? Or sparrows fart, as Kira would say. <laughs>
1: Britishism. Isn't that amazing? It, it makes me laugh every time. I love it so much. The first
0: time we had to, I think it was one of the first times we were on the news, and it was like an early segment, Kira said, I'll see you tomorrow at Sparrow's Fart, and I had no idea what just happened. <laughs> and I, I didn't know whether to laugh, whether to say, excuse me. I was like, what, what? So now I know what it means, but it still cracks me up.
1: Oh, my gosh. I heard that from a musical director of mine when I was over there the first time, and I just loved it so much. It's just It encompasses it is Sparrow's Fart. That's what early early morning is. Yes. So before we give you the amazing quote for today, I uh, just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Future Focused Parenting. Um, be sure to subscribe to the show. It really does make a difference for us if we – you hit that it's so easy you just hit, hit the button subscribe it's subscribe super easy and we want to let you know about something super exciting that's coming down the pipeline um, we are going to be releasing a new online course all about kids and anxiety and i'm telling you it's awesome it's going to talk about the science behind anxiety Tips for how do you engage with your kids when they're in a state of panic or in a state of anxiety? What are some of the tools that you can give them to help get out of that state? How do you process this with so them? Um, all of the things. The stuff
0: to avoid. Yeah. How do you even identify it? Because- How do you know what's just a hard day versus legit anxiety? I mean, some really important stuff.
1: It's such an important topic, such a hot-button topic right now. And so we are going to be releasing. It's going to be a little different than our other online courses. Um, And so just be on the lookout for that. It's going to drop uh, right at the end of March. We'll let you know. But we just wanted to give you a heads up. It's a teaser. It's a sneak peek. Mm -hmm.
0: So here is the quote. It's a lengthy one, but I think it really captures what we're talking about today. And it's by Hal Elrod. How you wake up each day and your morning routine, or lack thereof, dramatically affects your levels of success in every single area of your life. Focused, productive, successful mornings generate focused, productive, successful days, which inevitably create a successful life. In the same way that unfocused, unproductive, and mediocre mornings generate unfocused, unproductive, and mediocre days and ultimately a mediocre quality of life. Hopefully it doesn't go that far. Mm -hmm. By simply changing the way you wake up in the morning, you can transform any area of your life faster than you ever thought possible. And I actually do agree that the morning sets the tone. We said that at the top of the episode. So what a great way to just encapsulate that.
1: I love it. Thanks for being with us, FFPs. So good to have you back in the laundry room. We've got another episode for you coming next Monday. Be sure to join us, and thanks for being with us today. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.